Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this week's message on the Antioch Indie Podcast. We hope you can step away from this message being encouraged and blessed and to move into your week in the mighty name of Jesus. Have a great day. Go ahead and pull out your Bibles and something to take notes with. Steph Hines, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, come on. Steph Hines, ladies and gentlemen. All right, go ahead, take your Bibles out, something to take notes with. There's the lights, now you can find your Bible. If you didn't bring one, the one under the seat is for you. You can use it, you can keep it, you can read it, all sorts of fun stuff. Anybody excited for the Word of God this morning? Awesome, go ahead and open up to Acts chapter 2 this morning. Sometimes in church, after the fun music stops and we say, get out your Bibles, everybody gets a real serious face. Let's keep having fun this morning. Does that sound good to anybody? Acts chapter 2, you can turn there. We are uh, continuing a series of sermons and messages that we are in right now. This is week three of five parts, so if you uh, missed the first few, they're online and you can catch them, and we're going to bring you up to speed this morning so you don't get left behind. We are talking about a series called Five Rooms, and we've been talking kind of the end of the summer into this fall about the church that God builds, not just the church we go to, but what's the church that God builds? And the church that God builds isn't just made up of one room. Oftentimes when we think about church, we think about this room. Anybody else think of this room when you think about church? And that's good. This is an important room for church, but it's not all the rooms of the house of God. Amen? And so we're talking about what what else makes up the whole picture of the church that God builds. Because if we uh, think that this is the only thing that church is, uh, when, when we experience it not being everything that church is, we think church is lacking. You see what I'm saying? When it wasn't that the whole time, it was just there's other parts. And so we want to talk about the whole thing because uh, God has rigged the system to give us everything we most deeply desire through this thing called salvation and walking with the people of God and being part of what he's doing in the earth. Amen? I don't want to miss out on any of it. So we're thankful. We've been talking about our, our first week we talked about being a people who have personal devotion to Jesus. And there's an element of walking with God that just comes down to me choosing to be devoted to Jesus. And if we want to be that as a community, we have to do that individually. And uh, if we don't do that, we miss out on such an important part of this walk with Jesus. You ever been blessed by your own personal time with Jesus in your life? We talked last week about making disciples. That this isn't just about me spending time with Jesus, but we, we are all called to invest in other people. We are made to participate and what God is doing in other people's lives as well. Too often we feel inadequate. We think that's for the superstars, but that's not what's in the Bible. There's no superstars there. It's just us. <laughs> so we're the superstars. Touch your neighbor and say, you're a superstar. <laughs> I look back at them and say, why am I not getting paid like one? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this week, I'm going to title this message, House to House. House to House. You can put that at the top of your notes this morning. It's called House to House. We're going to read some verses in Acts chapter 2. If you have been around this church much over the last few years, or if you've ever been to Life Group, you have read these verses before. And we've been talking. This whole series doesn't sound crazy. Every message could be one of these, like, gosh, I've heard this a hundred times before. But the point, of the, me- the point of this series is, okay, cool, are we doing it? We can talk about it, but are we doing it? We're going to read some, some verses here in Acts chapter 2. And what it is, is it's not like a model for a church ministry it's not like a theory on what people need from social connections. It's, it's a story. It's a story of what actually happened when 
Jesus came and he lived the life that we couldn't live. He died the death that we owed to sin. He raised from the dead and ascended and filled people with the very spirit of God. What happened next? There was no church back then. They just were trying to figure out how to still follow Jesus. They had just been filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is a a story of this is just what happens when people believe in Jesus, are filled with the Holy Spirit, and want to be a part of the things that he is doing. It's a story. And the story serves as an outline for us for what we call life group. Oh, come on. <laughs> what we call life group. So we're going to read it. Hmm. No, I wasn't waiting for the shout. I was deciding if we were going to stand up again like a couple weeks ago because that was fun. Just because you said do it when I got to it. I'm just kidding. Sam's in charge. Everybody stand up. Stand up for the word of God. I know we're joking around, but I think this prepares our hearts to receive something. Sometimes we read something again for the against time, you know, and it's like, okay, been there, heard that. Sometimes you got to move around a little bit and it shakes something loose and God's about to drop something into your life. Should I preach on that? Hello. Acts 2.42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul. And many... Wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together, and they had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved." Go ahead and sit down and look at your neighbor and say, God's got something for you. Acts 2, 42 through 47. I remember my first life group. I remember my first life group. Uh, I didn't really like it. And uh, it, was, it was actually at Chad Freegie's house at 12th and Wood in Waco, Texas. We were both students at Baylor University. He was a senior. I was a freshman. And uh, I, was, uh, I had a life that was kind of real, a big mess, and so I didn't know how to make friends, so I just followed Chad around, because I knew Chad. And he invited me to come to this life group, and uh, I walked in, and I didn't like it. It was, uh, was kind of awkward, mainly probably because I was awkward, <laughs> just about everything. Um, I didn't really know anybody in the room other than Chad. I think I'd maybe met Karis by that point. Um, so didn't really know what was going on. And I'm the freshman. It's like all these upper. It was like ooh, I didn't I didn't like it very much. So, um, but it was you know it was my first life group. And since I didn't really like it, I just decided I wouldn't really go, <laughs> either. Why go to something I don't really want to go to? So I didn't. That was my first life group story. <laughs> yeah, it's dynamic and powerful. Maybe the man I am today. Amen. That was my freshman year of college, and I just was like, you know, I had had a a big encounter with God my first week being at Baylor at at, uh, Antioch Church there in Waco. Chad brought me to Life Group. Everything was right there for me to do anything I needed to do, and I just thought, you know, I'm going to keep doing my thing. So that's what I did for my freshman year. I just kind of stayed in um, a life doing my own deal, whole bunch of worthless things that I was spending my time doing. And by the end of my freshman year, I kind of had like a sort of that, you know, that wake up moment. There was a few things that had happened and essentially woke up one day and thought, you know, this isn't really going that well. And everything was good. 
I, really, most things were really great. Like, if you looked at my life, it was like, man, things are going well and things are set up to go well. But what I realized was I'm set up to have a great life that I really don't want. Like, it's great, but I'm totally empty on the inside. I got, I got really anything I could want, but except what I want. What's what I want? I know you've never been there, but. So I knew I had two choices. I, I was just like, you know, I can just sort of keep doing this and play this out and see how it goes. I mean, I kind of can see how it's going to go. And it, it might not be what I want, but at least I kind of know how it's going to go. So I could play it out or I could give my life to Jesus and see if he can do anything with me. I believed Jesus was real. I had grown up in church. I knew it was for real, but I, I, I didn't, that doesn't mean I knew exactly what it meant to like really follow Jesus. So I just thought, you know what? I'm going to give my life to Jesus, and uh, we'll really just see what happens. So I had a few weeks left in my freshman year. It had been months of not going back to life group, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to grace that life group with my presence again. <laughs> they probably missed me. I'd been there, you know, maybe three or four times throughout the year just to make sure they were okay, you know, and being the man and all. So I, I, I uh, go back to life group, and uh, I didn't really know anybody still. I still felt a little awkward, not to mention I still was awkward. I immediately became the weird dude in life group. Like, I didn't know what I wanted in life, but once I decided I wanted Jesus, something woke up inside of me. So I'm all of a sudden, like, we're doing worship in life group, um, and they're, like, playing songs on a speaker, and I'm, like, in the kitchen dancing like crazy. We sit down for discussion. I'm, like, sweating. You know, and everyone's like, where did you come from? Like, who are you? So it was weird. It was weird. But I knew these people wanted Jesus. And I wanted Jesus too. So I thought, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to stick around here. Plus, I knew that I thought I was cool, but I looked at them and knew they really had some things figured out that I didn't have figured out. So that was about 10 years ago now. 10 years ago, I decided, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to really give, I'm going to really jump in to life group. And for the last about 10 years, not only have I been in life group, but I've been involved in leading life groups or overseeing groups of life groups, helping life groups start, trying to do my best to, to develop life group leaders. The church that you're at today started with a life group. When they were like, hey, let's go plant a church in Indianapolis. It's like, yes, Lord, let's go do it. So we just started a life group. It's met in my house. Shout out, anybody who was in that life group? Yep, a few of us. So fun. Life group's been a huge part of my life for the last 10 years. And, and I read Acts 2, 42 through 47 this morning. Around here, almost every life group, almost every week reads Acts 2, 42 through 47. Around this church, we talk a lot about Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. But after 10 years of reading Acts 2, 42 through 47, almost every week of those 10 years, somewhere around the world in somebody's house, can I tell you something? I've never seen all of Acts 2, 42 through 47 happen at a life group. But I have seen every single bit of Acts 2, 42 through 47 happen through life group. <laughs> See, there's a big difference between it happening at a life group and happening through life group. There's a difference between at and through. At life group means I haven't seen it all happen Tuesday night between 6 and 7.30 p.m. 
I'm going to say that part again. Then we'll go, which way? I was looking, okay. That means I haven't seen it all happen like just Tuesday night, 6 to 7.30 p.m., right? Anybody been to Life Group and realized it didn't all happen Tuesday night? Okay, Natasha, you've been to Life Group. We're on the same page. <laughs> I haven't seen it all happen Tuesday night, 6 to 7.30. But I've seen it absolutely all happen through Life Group. And what, that, what the difference is is that at Life Group's just the Tuesday night. Through Life Group is I'm talking about through a group of people who have committed to each other to be committed to following Jesus together over time. And part of that commitment to one another and to Jesus means that I'm going to prioritize showing up here to be with you on Tuesdays most of the time, 6 to 7.30. That's what I mean when I say it's all happened through life group. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. I don't really know how else to say this, but since I'm saying things pastors shouldn't say, like it hasn't all happened on Tuesday night, I often don't want to go to life group. I'm the only one. I really thought some people were going to think, oh, praise God, I'm not alone. We'll just do it. Raise your hand. You ever not go to, want to go to life group? Look. All right, what do we do now? I don't always want to go to life group. In fact, over the last 10 years, there's legitimately not been very many times where life group was like the easiest, most desirable way for me to spend that given time on that given evening. In our first message on personal devotion, we talked about things that we love that take us away from just a, a love to, for Jesus. And one of those things that we love that can take us away and, and, and make us come aside from our love for Jesus is, is our love for easy. And I love easy. We love easy. I don't remember the last time that living a life that prioritized life group was easy. I don't remember the last time that it was the easiest, most sensible, most desirable thing I wanted to do every Tuesday night on a given time. It's been great. It's so valuable. I'm incredibly thankful, but it's not easy. I love it, but it's not easy. See, they had to devote themselves. They devoted themselves to one another. I look back on the last 10 years, and I, I see that, you know, life group in college was one thing. Anybody else remember how busy you were in college? <laughs> I just don't know how I'm going to fit this in. Between a couple hours of class and Foursquare, man, I got a busy day. <laughs> then, you, you know, you graduate, you get a job. Maybe, maybe you get married or start a relationship. Maybe that turns into kids over those next 10 years. Maybe there's a few moves in there, a few job changes, a few responsibility increases. Just some things change. And, like, you thought, every, notice that, like, the last season of your life, you look back on it and be like, man, I thought I was busy. Now I'm busy. Now things are full. Can we just be honest and say that it's fun to read Acts 2:42 through 47? <laughs> it's real fun to talk about it. Uh, but it's kind of hard to do. It's, it's kind of hard to do it. Um, Heather and I uh, pulled the veil back a little bit to make you feel better too. Seems like every life group day we get into some sort of gentle conflict. <laughs> every time. Like life group day, the kids never nap as long as they're supposed to. You get in the car and the gas tank is always low. 
You know, it's 30 minutes away. It's just rush hours going long today. We're going to be late now. I got home from work late, and now the plan for dinner is completely out the window, and we don't even know what we're going to eat. <laughs> what if no one comes? What, what if it doesn't go the way I, I, I thought it was going to go? What if it's not how I want it to be? What if there's people there? I don't know. What if? What if I just don't want to go? There have been so many life groups over the years where I've left and I've looked back. This happened actually last week. I leave and I thought, that was it. And there have been so many life groups over the years where I get in the car and leave and I look back and I say, that was it? That's what we talk about? The last 10 years have never been easy, but it's been amazing. There's been some incredible highs. Uh, I remember learning how to make disciples for the first time. I remember the first time walking up to some guys across the room and saying, hey, glad you're here at Life Group. I'd love to get lunch with you this week and see how you're doing. And if you want to, we can talk more about following Jesus together. Remember the first time doing that and, and learning how, how, what it meant to kind of make disciples. I, I remember learning how to hear God in this group of people, you know, these these college students or young adults or families with kids and getting around and being like, you know, okay, we're going to worship and we're going to believe that in this house on Tuesday night when there's music playing on a speaker that Jesus is still actually alive. Like he doesn't have to have live keys playing to move. And we believe he's speaking. We believe that, that this word is alive. And we believe that if we can commit ourselves to one another, God wants to build each other up through us and that we can actually hear the voice of God. And we're going to believe that we can actually like encourage one another with the word of the Lord. We can prophesy over each other. We can pray for each other and stand for each other. Like None of us know how to do that. But, but since we're all friends, well, can we agree that we'll at least be safe and we can try? And if we mess it up, we're not going to like condescend one another. You can just say, at least thanks for caring. <laughs> that word made no sense, but thanks for coming across the room. I don't know how many prophetic words I've been encouraged by that were wrong. I'm just glad somebody cared. Hey, I was praying for you. I felt like the Lord said this, and I just saw pictures of butterflies. And the Lord was speaking Hezekiah 2.14. Does that make any sense? Like, not even a little bit. But thanks for caring. But I like the first part when you said I was praying for you. So that was wrong, but please don't stop. I remember learning how to worship. I remember learning how to dance in the kitchen when I was the new guy. I didn't know what I was doing. But there were some people that were like, you know what? That's a little weird, but it's okay for you to want God. We'll let you want God like that. Just stay in the kitchen. <laughs> I made some lifelong friends. Lifelong friends are still so close to me this day. People that are anchors in my life. We don't live in the same city anymore. We don't hardly talk that often anymore, but they're pillars in my life. And then when, when they grew up and got married, their spouses became pillars in my life. And now they've got kids and we don't get to see each other much, but I am unashamed that I am their uncle. 
lifelong friends. There's been some highs. We took some overseas trips together. where We uh, did some stuff that didn't go well, where we met with God in power. We saw God do amazing things. We had conversations that we would have never had if we wouldn't have stepped out of our comfort zone together. We had encounters with God that I think had to happen by everything else in our lives getting stripped away. There were some things that were amazing that happened. I remember the different times on all different varieties of raising money for one another because somebody needed a car or somebody wasn't going to be able to pay their bills that day or somebody had an emergency come up. Somebody needed something, and so we just kind of said, well, I don't have it, but we do. We can do that. There's been some highs, and there's been a lot of lows, too. There's been a lot of lows. There's been... Uh, nights, literally, where no one shows up. No one, like, not exaggerating. There's, uh, there's been weeks on end where uh, I'm the only guy that shows up. And that's not that fun. Like, eight girls and me in life small group. It's like, I'm just going to go home. Let y'all do D group. A lot of lows. I've done things... So awkward that if I told you right now, you literally would not stop cringing until lunch on Wednesday. I was going to say it because I'm not embarrassed, but I don't want to hurt you. I know that this isn't a Christian thing to say, but you ever watch The Office, that show, The Office? Yeah. Just like make that life group Michael Scott. Like been there, done that. The stuff you think of and you're like, gosh, I hope, I, I will go, but as long as nobody ever blank did it. Oops, <laughs> you know, sorry. A lot of lows. There's been some incredible wins throughout the years. I, I remember, in, this was in, back in college, there was a fraternity that I was in, and there was this one fraternity brother, and we were starting to have some conversations where he was, he kind of followed God and then wasn't at all. And he was sort of coming back around deciding, do I want to follow Jesus? And I was trying to get him to come to life group because it had started changing my life. And I was just like, dude, you got to come. You got to come to life group. And um, he, the only way that he would come to life group was if I let him lead worship at life group. So he, he would play guitar and sing for us. And he wasn't that good. Uh, but it was the only way he would come. And I was like, forget it, whatever. Yes, come. We'll all pay the price, <laughs> you know? So he would come and, uh, you know, like at Life Group, we'd kind of like make sure everybody knew somebody because there's new people a lot. So it's like, let's do some sort of name thing. Let's have some snacks and hang out. How's the week? All that sort of stuff. And then we talk about Acts 2:42 through 47. And he would come like after all of that, right in time for worship. Like he would never come for the beginning. He would just come so he could do his thing and lead us in worship. And then every time, pack up his guitar and out before we even got to talking about the Bible. <laughs> He's like, I don't really want to be here. I just want to, like, lead worship and feel cool. <laughs> so I was like, well, at least you're in the room, right? So I remember him doing that for a little while. And uh, that just started off a lot of conversations, a lot of bumpy conversations, but a deep relationship. And today, that squirrely dude is leading a college ministry of, like, 600 college students. He's on the executive team at, like, a 4,000-person church. He's leading two businesses. He's got an incredible marriage and four kids. He's a great dad. He's a man of God and a pillar in my life. There's been some wins, and there's been some losses. I remember there was another guy that I was trying to invest in. I really wanted him to come to life group. We had started being, having friendship together, and the only way he would come is if I let him lead worship. Different guy. 
So I thought, well, why not? Come on and lead worship. And he wasn't very good. <laughs> so he would come and he'd play guitar and he'd sing and we would kind of try to worship as best you can when it's that distracting. You know what I'm saying? And for like a year, he was in life group and we would meet almost weekly and he went on an overseas trip with us and there was amazing things happening in his life. And then one day we're getting lunch and he just kind of turns to me and like pretty much almost word for word is like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I'd basically just rather have weed and hook up with girls than follow Jesus. So I really appreciate it, but I don't want to do this anymore. Bummer. There's been some highs and some lows, am I right? There's been some wins and some losses. Things haven't always gone the way I want them to go. Things don't always go the way I want it to go. But I can tell you there is nothing else that I would rather be devoted to than the people of God trying to meet with him, be committed to one another, and believe God's not done. God wants to do something in our day that's never been seen. God wants to do a new thing. God wants to be faithful to his word. All this stuff didn't stop when they stopped printing the Bible. This stuff is alive. Jesus is alive. The Holy Spirit wants to fill us. Let his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That wasn't a prayer that Jesus gave to some disciples a long time ago. That's an invitation Jesus gave to me. Pray, let my kingdom come and watch what happens. There's nothing else I'd rather be devoted to. They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. Acts 2, 42 through 47 continues. In verse 46, it says this. It says, day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. 47 says, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number. There's that phrase again, day by day. Day by day, those who were being saved. Day by day. I want you to underline day by day in your Bible. Day by day. We're living in a world, and, and, and so often, I know this is true for me, like we love to celebrate highlight reels, but the real substance is always in the day to day. Do you, see, do you hear what I'm saying? It's easy to celebrate somebody else's highlight reel and compare it to your behind the scenes. But the substance is all in the day by day. The highlight reels you see, it's not just because somebody showed up one day and could jump that high and do it like that. There's this day by day element to seeing the kingdom of God come, to seeing what you want most in your life happen. We're talking about community this morning, and there is just this elusive day-by-day -day element to community that's so easy to kind of just want to skip. I don't know about you, but I like easy, which means I like shortcuts, right? We talk about community, being part of a small group. We talk about that in church, and that's not at all unique to church, am I right? Like every gym that sends you a mailer is talking about it. Like every good workplace is trying to do something about community, something getting you into small groups and connect with other people. Every Facebook group is talking about how this is going to be the community that you're looking for. And, and there's a reason that everybody's talking about this. It's not because it's like, like I said, some growth strategy for a church or a business. It's not because it doesn't come out of some uh, sociological theory that, oh, this is what people, we're just made for this. 
We're made for this. We want it, which is why we're all talking about it. And we want it, and since we're all talking about it, everywhere is promising it. But the truth is, is that like when we talk about community and when things offer us the community that we're looking for, we lie to each other a lot. We lie to each other a lot. We say things like, here, just sign up. And this is the community you've been looking for. Like, just sign up. That's not going to do anything in and of itself. All you got to do, click here to subscribe and join the family. Turn on the notification bell. Be part of the fam. Am I the only one who watches YouTube? <laughs> okay, I get distracted. We're lying to each other, saying it's that easy, saying it's that quick. Sign on the dotted line. Click here. And this is the community that you've been looking for. We have more communities to be a part of than any time in history. We have more groups that we are connected to than ever before. We have more access to other people's activities in real time than ever in the history of the planet. We have more options for finding community than ever before, and yet we're more lonely than ever. There's more depression and addiction and suicide than ever. But I thought we had everything. There's something we're missing. And we're lying to each other when we say, just do. It's day by day. Day by day. I want to be really honest this morning at church as the pastor talking about life group. Life group is not where you do life together. Life is where you do life together. Life group is where you commit to each other that I'm structuring you into my life. <laughs> and without that, nothing's going to happen. I don't know if you've noticed this becoming an adult like I have, but like things take structure. Like for some reason, organic has gotten this like vibe that it like just happens. Like I don't know if you've ever talked to somebody who farms organic versus non-organic. <laughs> takes extra work. I'm just saying, we're lying to ourselves, and it's hurting us. Let's just be honest. This isn't, life doesn't happen Tuesday night, 6 to 7.30. Life happens, like, for an hour and a half there. But a lot more life happens outside of that. But how am I going to be part of your life without prioritizing and structuring you into my life? And we may not be able to do everything together all the time, but I'm committing to you we can do this together. I love when those kids go crazy. Are you following with me here? I'm not saying that like life group's not amazing. I'm saying it's amazing for what it is. And when we have right expectation, we set ourselves up for the success that we're looking for. It's tough for something to be what it's supposed to be when we're expecting it to be something it's not. It's the starting point. Life group's just the starting point. You know what, I'm going to commit right here, right now. I'm going to prioritize you at least once a week. And that's honestly a lot more than most things in life. Yeah, but shouldn't we also do all of these things together? Please do it. Make the phone call. Absolutely. But at least we can do this. Because sometimes we can't do all of that. Am I right? Sam has been saying something around the office recently as we've been talking about life group. And I really like this. He's been saying this a couple of times. He's been said to me, he's like, you know, this Tuesday night might not be that crazy. But I think that if we do this for the next 52 Tuesday nights, this might be crazy. 
I love that. Day by day. Day by day. I'm showing up every time ready. This is it. But when it's not, it was still it. Because not every day on the journey to the highlight reel is its own highlight reel. The power of life groups is not the guarantee that you're going to show up and after two times over the course of four weeks, you're going to be best friends with everybody in the room. The guarantee of life group is not that it's never going to change. The guarantee of life group is not that you're going to have 90 minutes of uninterrupted time from your kids so that you can go deep in the Lord with some other people. That's not where the power of life group is. There's no secret sauce. That like, I'm standing up here and saying like, Antioch's found the key. To, I'm talking about, I'm just reading the Bible. And it says go day by day. And I think that's where the power of life group is. The power of life group is in the day to day. Life group becomes powerful the moment you make it a priority. You. You've got to do it. And there's time for you to come in and test it out. Please check out life groups, all that kind of stuff. But to step into it, it takes a choice. Every single one of us has to make this choice. Either I'm making this a priority or I'm not. As I read through these verses, Acts 2:42 through 47, I keep seeing this word that I never really noticed too much until recently, and it's been speaking to me, and it's this word, they. Profound, right? They. They keep showing up in these verses. They, and I've been asking myself, who, is, who was they? Who was they that they're talking about? We're, this early church, this Acts 2, 42 through 47, rah, church. They did it. They changed the world. Who, who was they? Were they pastors, church planners, professionals, experts, academics? And then I read Acts 2, 1 through 41, just before these chunks of verses, and it's pretty clear who they were. They were just people, turns out. They were, uh, they were just people. They were from all over the place. Uh, so I'm assuming they kind of all had different professions. They probably had different accents and different skin colors and different life circumstances. They probably came from different socioeconomic backgrounds. They probably had different jobs and opinions and philosophies about life and how it should go. They... We're just people. They weren't like, they didn't get together and be like, all right, guys, we're the early church. Assemble the Avengers. You know, like, <laughs> we are the heroes that people are going to be reading about for centuries and millennia to come. Good thing God chose us with our powers combined. They were just people. People who got together and were like, what are we doing? I don't know much, but all I believe is that there was this man, Jesus, and I believe he was the son of the living God, and I believe he lived a perfect life, and he died a death innocently volunteering, and I believe that he didn't stay dead. He came out of that grave because I saw him, is what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, me, me too, and 500 people, like, yeah, we all saw him. I saw him, and then he said, he's going to go away and send us another. And we were like, no, please don't. And then he did go away, and then he did send another. Do you remember that a few days ago? The whole, like, fire and wind and preaching to a whole city and stuff. And we started spending, like, eight hours baptizing those 3,000 people. What is this? I, I don't know. I don't know what this is, but I believe it. I, I, I believe it. I believe that God started something. And I don't know what else, but I believe it's mine to carry. 
I don't know what else to do but to help carry this thing. They believed it. That's just all that made them they. They just believed. We've mentioned this morning that we celebrated our third birthday as a church this last week. Was anybody here Wednesday night? We had a great time together. If you're here Wednesday night, I shared some of this, but I want to share this with all of us because I think it just fits perfectly with what we're talking about this morning. As I've been reflecting over these first three years. I've been looking around at kind of, you know, where we were, where we've been, and looking at where are we now as a church. And I noticed that, you know, by about like any, we'll say like churchy definition, like we're not really like a church plan anymore, you know? Like we're like a kind of a, a real church, you could say. You know, like we got a building and some staff and it's a couple hundred people and, you know, we got some stuff going on. And as far as like a lot of people are concerned, it'd be like, sweet, you're not a church plan. That's a real church. You started a church. But we didn't come here to start a church. We came here to start a movement. We came here to start a movement, and, and, and as, as I close this message about Life Group this morning, I think it's just perfect timing as we celebrate a birthday, as we celebrate a monument, and as we celebrate a time where we can look and say we did it, we haven't done it yet. We're doing it. Come on, somebody. We're, we're doing it, but the work's not done. There's more to come. God's still moving. God's still got more to do in and through you. And as, as we close this life group message, I realized that if, if I just wanted to kind of like build a church, if we wanted our, our church to grow, then I, then I would say, okay, as we close, our next step is like, if you haven't checked out a life group, I want you to check out a life group. Give it a shot, you know? And, and, and if that's you this morning, like that's a great thing to do. Absolutely, like check it out, especially if you've never been before. Try out a few. It's a great choice. There's lots of great people around here and all that kind of stuff. Is anybody welcome in anybody's life group? Anybody got a life group that has a seat for anybody? Okay, a few people. That would be great, and that's that we could end there. But but I don't, if that's you, that's that's awesome. But I want to talk specifically to some people this morning who don't want to just be a part of a church. They want to start a movement. There's some people in this room, and it might it's probably not everybody, and that's fine. But to those of you here this morning, you're like, I want to I wanna help. I, I want to be today's day. I want to do that. Your next step is not to go to life group. Your next step is to own it. I want to challenge you to own life group. That might mean going to one for the first time. That might mean being more committed to being consistent. It might mean making a phone call this week to initiate some relationship instead of waiting for somebody else to make the phone ring. It might mean you need to lead life group. And you are like, I need to take a step towards that. Right now, we've got 36 people leading life group, which honestly, in a church that size is like pretty awesome. But I believe in this room right now, there's 100 life group leaders. There's 100 life group leaders. There's, there's 64 people in this room who you can lead a life group. Maybe not today, but you can take your next step and believe in, you know what? God, maybe you could use me. I got a lot of reasons why you couldn't, but maybe you've got a reason you can't. Maybe you could use me to make a little bit of space for 10, 20, maybe even 30 other people to get connected to the community of God. You need to own it. You need to own it. You need to say, I am they. I am they. We're all invited. Acts 2, 42 through 47. Every time it says they, it's not just talking about them a long time ago. That's an invitation from the living word of God to you right now. Do you want to be today's day? You're invited. You want in? And it's just up to you. It's up to us.